This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. We don't usually start service with such a big portion of scripture, but it beautifully sets up where I'm going and what I want to talk about, what I feel led to talk about today, and that is calling. We hear this word often in our lives and often, especially often in the church world, we hear calling all the time. And it has many different meanings. And I want to talk about our life calling and the call, capital T-H-E, on our lives. But before we go there, I really want to talk about the simplest form and definition of call, which is simply to name. Okay? See, when I say Amy, I'm simply calling who she is. I can say wife. I can say friend. I can say dutiful prayer partner. I can say amazing mother. I can say really funny. I call her Amy because I'm just naming who she is. Before we get into our life calling, our ultimate purpose, what God's called us to, I want to remind you guys what you have been called, because sometimes the world gets in the way and tries to tell you less than who you are. That's not what God wants for you. See, in the beginning, God said, this is good, and I call you Adam. This is good, and I call you fish. This is good, I call you sun. This is good, I call you earth. This is good, I call you land. In the Bibles, in the Word, it says this, in John 1, you're called a child of God. In John 15, a friend of Jesus. In Romans, you're called free from sin, the law, and death. In Galatians, you're no longer a slave, but called an heir to Christ. You're called a saint. You're called a temple. You're called a new man. You're called equal. You're called chosen, holy, and unblemished. You're called a citizen of heaven. You're called God's elect. You're called chosen and loved. You're called a holy nation, a royal priesthood, and God's special possession. If that's not worth getting excited about, I don't really know what is today. You are called by God today. I don't care what your job's saying. I don't care what your daughter says. I don't care what your husband says. I don't care what any negative influence in your life. Because we all have situations and we have things. On Mother's Day, I had a pretty interesting conversation with my family. And it is just negative because life sometimes tries to tear you down. But I want you to remember who you are called by God today, which is a holy and set-apart nation. You're called loved, and you're called saved. And out of that context, we're going to start our sermon today. So let's bow in prayer. Father, we just give you praise and glory today. God, I'm so excited to jump into our calling and our purpose. And I'm so thankful, Father, for the people that you've put here today to hear it, Father. I pray, God, you would give me clarity of speech and clarity of thought as I try to put out of my mouth, God, what you've put in my heart. And I pray, God, that you would open the hearts of this congregation and unblock the ears of people that need to hear whatever it is you need to them today. Bless this service and the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, good morning. 
My name is Joshua Wen. I'm the director of students and young families here at Church on the Rock. It is my privilege today, from time to time, I get to fill the pulpit. Pastor Brian and Carmen are off to perform a marriage ceremony today. We celebrate with them, and I'm excited to be here with you guys today for the rest of our service. Like I highlighted earlier, we're talking about calling today. And we kind of already went over one of them in the simplest form, definition of calling, which is simply to name something. But where I want to go next is what we often hear calling. Usually when we think, when I ask you what's your calling or we hear the word calling, we usually think of life calling. What was I made to do? What's my vocation? What was my life purpose? What am I doing with my life? That's what I often think of as calling. And the definition that I like to use is it's the place, calling is the place where your gifts and skills and passions intersect with life and align with scripture. And this is a really hard question. I remember when I was in my late teen years, graduating high school and going into college, I would get this all the time, right? And I would get this, what are you doing with the rest of your life? What are you going to college for? What do you, I don't need, you know? And I was like, man, I am like 19. I am just like figuring out how to buy toilet paper for the first time in my life, and you're trying to, like, ask me what I'm doing with the rest of my life? I really don't know. Come back to me in a couple years. Like, give me 20 years, and I'll figure it out, okay? And sometimes calling is kind of hard to figure out. It's a little bit difficult. Sometimes I ask my young adults, what are you going to do with your life? And they get a little nervous, a little sweaty, and then they just kind of don't know. And that's okay because (laughs) it's kind of the entirety of your whole life journey. To figure this thing out. But today, this morning, I do want to define it a little bit. And I'm not going to give you a um, three-step plan to figure out the calling in your life. And I'm not going to give you uh, five ways to get to the calling in your life. But I will tell you that I believe that each one of you has a calling on your life. And I have a couple myths that I want to dispel about those. And ultimately, we're going to end with not our life calling, but the call, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, capital T-H-E, the call. And we'll end there today. So, first of all, going back to Genesis, I just read this whole creation narrative. And the first part that I want to take away from that scripture is that I think that it's more than just a story. I think that it's more than just a narrative of what happened in the beginning I believe that God actually uses it as an order and pattern to the rest of our entirety. He set an example in the very beginning, in the first chapter of Genesis, for our lives. He sets season in place. He sets time in place. He sets life in place. He sets a system in order for all the planets to align and to balance each other out, for seasons to come, for life to produce from the earth, for life to be able to reproduce in earth and to fill earth. And what I see here in the very first chapter is that God makes man and woman. Chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. Verse 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. In chapter 2, he tells Adam to tend and look after the garden. 
as soon as man is created, he is given a task. Which to me, and how I believe the first chapter is written, is that it's telling me that work is good. That work is satisfying. That we actually find some fulfillment to our lives through work. And that it's a great place to be. And it also tells me that God has specific work for us to do and accomplish. But here's the thing. We have two and a half chapters of a perfect world. (laughs) And then we have 66 books in the Bible of God restoring that perfect world. Okay? And in the beginning, God had a plan, and he had authority. And he said, this is what I want you to know, and I don't want you to know this. And here's the system I have in place, and this is how I want you to live. But he gave us the gift of choice, and he allowed us to make our own choice in that matter. And instead of aligning to God's authority, we took it upon ourselves to take that away from him. And we said, instead of denying ourselves the knowledge of good and evil, I will take that knowledge of good and evil. And man has been on a fall ever since then. Calling is a very hard place and a very sensitive topic at sometimes because it's such a hard thing to define and figure out. But I don't think that was God's original intention because he made man and woman and then gave them a calling. Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over the earth, tend the garden. He gives it to them right there. This is how I want your life to look. But we took that choice to be equal to God in our knowledge of good and evil. And from that act of disobedience, we put a mishap in the plan that God had set in motion. In chapter 3, verse 17, he said, God said, Since you have listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. So some of you might ask, why is work so hard? Why is life so hard? It's because God said from this chapter right here, because of sin, your work is going to be hard. By the sweat of your brow, you'll make a living. And I believe that because of the fall, because sin entered the world, our calling isn't just clearly laid out for us. I believe that we might have to sweat a little bit to find it. I believe we might have to bleed a little bit to find it. I believe we might have to have some nights of crying to be able to figure out, God, what am I doing here with my life on earth? And that's okay. Why is that okay? Because God doesn't just leave us. Okay, church, you're not alone. Look to the person to your left and say, you're not alone. If there's nobody to your left, go sit by somebody and say, you're not alone. (laughs) Okay? Look to your right. Come on, look to your right. Tell them you're not alone. Tell them you're awake. Pinch them if they're sleeping. Okay? Come on. God didn't leave you. He didn't say, okay, you made your choice. I'm going back to heaven and forget you guys. Okay? The whole rest of the Bible is this beautiful story of God restoring and bringing back into balance what was shaken out of balance, okay? 
God's in the business of rectifying wrecks. Okay, I'm very proud of myself for coming up with that. thought that was very clever. Apparently you didn't think so, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll say it again. God's in the business of rectifying wrecks. Thank you. We're alive today. Let's go. Come on. So because of that, calling I separate into two parts. A general call and a specific call over your life. Our life calling has two parts. A general call, a specific call. God did not leave, even though it might be hard to figure out what my life purpose is. What am I doing with all these skills and passions and desires and interests I have? When am I supposed to go to college and study? Um, I'm at this point in my life. I really don't like my career. I don't feel satisfied in my work. What am I supposed to do? All that stuff, God didn't just leave you and said, here, figure it out. He wrote a little letter to you that we call the Bible, and it clearly depicts his will for your life. Sometimes we don't want to do the easy things, which is just read God's word. You're not hearing God's voice. The loudest place to hear his voice is in his written word. Read it over your life. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 1 says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner, serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. The KJV says vocation. For you, sorry. Let's start again. Therefore, I, the prisoner, serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. And this is the general call, God's will for us. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves unified in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. This is our general calling that we all are to adhere to. And this is not the only place. It's all throughout Scripture. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love God with all you have, right? Be meek. Be humble. Open your house up to hospitality. Turn the cheek. Go the extra mile. Bible is full of general calling of God's will in your life. And so if you're looking for God's will in your life, if you're looking for God's direction in your life, I suggest you start with what you know. His will is clear and loud in the written word. Read it and then just live it. Amen? Amen. Come on. His will is loud and speaks clearly to you. It's at your fingertips. Just take the time to read it and then adhere it to your life. If you're looking for God's will and it's a mystery to you, start with what you know, church. With general calling, though, I also believe that God has given you a specific call on your life, something that he's purposed you and you alone to do. I believe that he's given you a significant life. There's no wasted life in the Lord's kingdom. You have a specific purpose and a specific gifting, and I believe this because Ephesians 4, verse 7 says this. However, he's given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. And then I'm going to skip to verse 16. 
he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. That's the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You have a specific purpose and you have a specific gift. Again, how I define calling is this. It's the place where your gifts and your skills and your passions intersect with life and align with Scripture. The general call is to align with Scripture. The individual specific call is what are you gifted in? Do that. What are you skilled at? Do that. What makes you, what makes you so excited that you want to do something? What makes you so angry that you want to change something? What makes you so sad that you can't see that happening anymore? Go do that because that's part of who God made you to be. And your calling is really this, just being who God made you to be. He made you for a purpose. He made you a special part of his work in the body. That when you work together with the rest of the body, it edifies the whole body in love. It makes everything go work good. Now, here's the thing. Some of us don't want to be the pinky toe of the body, right? Some of us don't want to be like the nose or the nose hairs of the body, okay? Like, some of us don't, there's some parts of the body that you just don't want to be because they're kind of weird and stuff. But, (laughs) would you want to be missing those parts of your body do you want to be the you don't want to be the pinky toe that's okay but do you want to be the person at the beach with four toes okay do you want to be the person without a nose do you want to be the person missing an eyeball all these things are essential to the body working fully as god intended it and your specific purpose in life is god wants you to live that There have been times in my life where I'm like, God, I don't want to lead. Because I feel like that's part of the calling he's given me, is to lead. Not because I wanted it, but because when I looked behind me, there were people following me. I'm like, go away. And they're like, okay. You know, that's, it's just happened. And there's been times where I'm like, God, take it away. I don't want it. But he said, this is part of who I've made you to be. Be that. Bob Goff has this um, bit on just being who you are, okay? And he talks about the sign language um, word for awesome is just scratching your stomach like this. And he just has this whole bit about just be awesome. Just be you. Just be who God made you to be. And in your calling, that's what I encourage you to be is just be awesome. Just be who God wants you to be. Just be the person who God made you to be, okay? Uh, There's two myths that I wanted to spell with our individual and specific calling, though. One is this. Calling and vocation are synonyms. They are the same. You can move those words back and forth. They mean the same thing on our life, specific or individual calling. Calling and career are different words. Your career does not define who you are. And let me put it this way. Now, it can, and you're blessed if you can be that person. But often, what we're called to do, what we're gifted to do, isn't paid. 
Our career supplies our daily bread. Our career supports our family. Our career provides for the future. Our career gives us money to enhance other people around us and gives us the opportunity to save and be generous and to buy things. But vocation and calling is who you are. I've only been here at this church for eight months, and this is my first time to a ministry full time. But can I tell you that I was a minister before I was given the title here? When I was a concrete worker, I was ministering. When I was a farm ranch hand, I was ministering. When I was a busboy, I was ministering. When I was at my 20s going door to door and taking jobs away from little 12-year-olds, knocking on people's door because I had no work and saying, can I shovel your driveway for 15 bucks? I was still a minister because my career does not depict what my calling is. And so maybe you feel like, I don't feel satisfied in my work, and I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, well, start doing what you're supposed to be doing because it has no effect on your calling. Sorry, it has no effect on your career. You live your calling simply out because it is who you are. Be who God made you. Just be awesome. You need an example from the Bible? Okay, listen, I'm not up here by myself. There's 300 of you in this room. Talk to me. Do you guys want an example from the Bible? Anybody? All right, goodness, it's quiet in the house. I'm not letting that get by today, okay? We're talking to each other. This is a conversation. All right, here we go. Jesus was a carpenter. Paul was a tent maker. King David was a shepherd and the baby of a family. Do I hear any babies of the family out there? All right, I hear you. The rest of the apostles were tax collectors and fishermen. Yet out of this group, we have our Lord and Savior. We have his 12 apostles. We have the missionary to the Gentiles and the nations. And we have a king. Their careers did not depict what their callings were. They were who they were because that's who God made them. Be who you are because that is who you are. Second thing I want to dismiss in calling is that you didn't miss it. Maybe at your point where you're like, I've made some bad decisions. Or life just didn't happen how it should have. Or I just chose the wrong path. Or I had an option here and I took left when I should have gone right. Let me tell you, you didn't miss it. And we're going to go by this quick. But Peter actively denied Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. Paul actively misunderstood his calling and waged a holy war on the Christians. And Jonah, to go old school and give you a bib Old Testament person, actively ran the opposite direction of where God called him. Go to Nineveh. No, I'm going this way. Right? And in each instance, Peter got a second, third, fourth, fifth chance to redeem himself. And God said, you love me? Then go take care of my sheep. And Saul, God met him on the road and said, your name is Paul. And you misunderstood the scripture. You misunderstood my will. I am Jesus. And you are my missionary to everybody else that's not a Jew. You are going to take my word to the whole nations. And Jonah... God bless his pointy little ears 
even in him going the opposite direction of where God wanted him, and even in him when he was Mr. Pouty Face, like, God, why did you kill this little plant? You should have killed all of Nineveh, right? Even in his active defiance of God's will, God uses him to save the entire city of Nineveh. You have not missed your calling. It is who you are. You can't miss it. You can't mess up because it is you. It's who God made you to be. Just be it. I don't care what your life has done to you. I don't care what circumstances are about. I don't care what bad decisions you've made or what mistakes you've made. It doesn't affect your calling. God will still use you. He's the God who restores and he's the God who forgives. And he will allow you to just pick up and go. This is where we get held up, though, with our calling. Sometimes we start seeing our calling as our first call. Because our life calling is actually our secondary calling on our life. It's a life calling. This is who I made you to be. Go be it. The first call, though, was the one that was even unspoken. It was the one that purposed all of creation in the very beginning of this chapter that we just read. It was the thing that was unspoken. You were purposed for God's glory. Why did God make the universe? Why did God make humans? Why did God create me? Let me tell you this. I've heard this before and I dislike it, that some people feel like God was lonely and he wanted a friend. My God is fulfilled in himself, and he does not need me to be his buddy, okay? God made us because we glorify him. And think about it this way. You go home for Thanksgiving, and mom has worked two days preparing for the Thanksgiving meal. She's made the turkey. She's made the potatoes. The bread is homemade. The stuffing's homemade. The gravy is homemade. The cranberry sauce is homemade. And it's all set on the table, and the china's out, and the placemats are set, and everybody has a little name tag with a special note to you. It's all set up. And you go in, and you sit down, and you take your turkey leg and say, thank you, turkey for being so delicious. Thank you, mashed potatoes, for being so creamy. Wow! We don't do things so that glory goes to the thing to which we did. We do things because the glory is reflected back to the chef. The glory from a painting doesn't go to the painting, it goes to the painter. You see a beautiful building? The glory is in the architects, in the construction workers. You have an amazing meal? It goes to the people who prepared it. God didn't prepare you for you to take the glory. He prepared you so glory goes to him through our lives. And that is our primary, and that is the, capital T-H-E, call in our lives. And what happens is there's, when we put our secondary life calling ahead of the primary call to glorify God, that's when things start getting a little messed up. Because instead of, finding significant, instead of receiving significant work to do, we start finding significance in the work that we do. We say, I have to do this, otherwise I don't feel fulfilled. I have to do this, otherwise I don't feel like I'm 
worth anything. I have to do this. I have to be good. I have to be 100%. I have to always be on. I have to always be perfect. I have to be living my purpose out. Your purpose is simply to glorify God. Don't get caught up in the creation of things. Don't make your life calling your idol. Because this is the thing. Back in Ephesians 4, it says you were given a special gift to edify the body. When every gift is working in its special work, it edifies the whole body. It doesn't edify the gift. It doesn't edify that part of the body. When you put God first and his glory first, all the other stuff will line up. Just get the priorities straight. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.